He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode number seven. Constantine. Constantine. We got it. We're back. Nailed it. That's the fine level of professionalism. This show's not going to fail. <laughs> I was worried after last uh, time. <laughs> so this week, we're uh, reviewing, talking about Constantine, the uh, 2005. 2005 movie with Keanu Reeves. The Reeves. This is, this, this is post-Matrix. Yes. So he's learned Kung Fu already. <laughs> So, so this is the one that's based on the comic Hell Hell Hellblazer. Yeah, Hellblazer is the name of the comic. Oh, I thought it was Constantine. No, no, no. Uh, I know. Really I, I, the, I think the original, the official name of the comic is John Constantine Hellblazer. Oh, that's badass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should have called the movie that. <laughs> you know, I don't know why it's always that weird thing. Where I, I guess uh, maybe they didn't want to confuse it with Hellraiser because Hellblazer came out before the. So that you can get confused. Not that close together. Yeah, but remember, people are dumb. <laughs> I can't argue with that. People get very confused very easily. <laughs> sure. You know. <laughs> so, so anyway, I brought up the Matrix thing because after the Matrix, yeah. Keanu Reeves is an action star. Yeah, well, uh, point, uh, I think you're forgetting about a little movie called Point Break. <laughs> 110% pure adrenaline. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> Where, well, I guess it's really Robot Ted, who's the action star, but... Yeah. He's more of a lover than uh-huh. a fighter. The... A little movie I like to call Freaked, that was made by Alex Winter that nobody's ever seen. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, where Keanu Reeves is uncredited as the dog-faced boy. <laughs> <laughs> and does a hell of a job, by the way, as the dog-faced boy. Excellent. Yes. So, uh, if you haven't seen that movie, I recommend it. That might be one of the movies we should do one time, because I love Freaked. It's really weird. Freaked. Okay. Freaked. It's really weird. A uh, movie done by Alex Winter. Uh, not to get off on the topic real quick, but <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Alex Winter asked Keanu Reeves, will you do this movie? And, and Keanu was, yeah, sure. Why not? And his agent was, you're not doing that movie. <laughs> and he's, I'm going to do it. And his agent was, okay, two conditions. You can't be recognizable. And you cannot be credited. <laughs> so there you go. That's the little freaked trivia for you. It'll be more like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I didn't know it was him. He's even got like he's doing an accent in the movie of, of the dog faced boy. <laughs> what kind of accent? Like sort of like a vaguely South American accent. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's good in it, but you know everyone's good and freaked. It's a classic. <laughs> I enjoy bringing up movies that Scott's never heard of, much less seen. <laughs> There's a lot apparently. There's a lot. Anyway, back to our our official movie. Newsflash: There's a lot of movies. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's based on the comic, loosely, urban fantasy movies, which you don't see a lot of and which people don't really enjoy. <laughs> As, I don't know why, they don't. You're really solid. <laughs> I think it's a great movie. I actually like it a lot. And I feel like it's because it feels very real. It doesn't feel very wishy-washy. It feels, it feels like a very practical, magical world, which I think is interesting. Yeah. A lot of movies like that make the mistake of treating that kind of stuff with uh, kid gloves, I want to say, where they're... They're like trying to slowly immerse you into the stuff, right? It, and it's exactly the wrong thing to do, to, or to suspend people's disbelief, or they make it seem very loosey goosey, where it's just I'm just going to chant, yeah, <laughs> or I'm going to look at the other person and point my finger, and then they blow up. You yeah, know? they didn't come up with any rules for this. Yeah, it, urban it's fantasy like, universe, and it's always just kind of like, well, I spent the whole movie, and then you just kind of poof. 
They kind of do that in this movie, but it actually makes sense and it builds up in the right way. And that's a problem fantasy has in general. It's just yeah, there's not always a lot of consistency. Well, and maybe it's because maybe it's because when people want to write a modern day story with magic, they tend to not be people who write a lot of fantasy. I don't know. That might be true too, because sometimes you can tell as a fantasy writer, as a professional fantasy writer, a lot of times you can see people <laughs> who don't really have as much experience with the. the there's pitfalls in, in writing, you know, anything genre, but fantasy in particular, when you start using superpowers, it's really easy to mess up. Yeah. Because you excellent. give somebody a power that kind of ruins a problem. Or Charmed was a show that was on for years, and it had that problem where the one sister could freeze time. Well, then you could solve every problem. <laughs> so every time they fought a monster, it was, it's not working. Well, of course it's not working. You gave her a power to literally fix any problem. Just change into Voltron. <laughs> right. um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think you're a little hesitant about it, but a lot of fantasy authors suck. <laughs> no, I actually, I think, well, to be fair, most everything is not that great. That's true. Right. I mean, fantasy's right. not unique to that. I have a percent of people doing anything are not great at it. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't want to say subpar, but there's a lot of, of bland fantasy. There's a lot of bland everything. Yeah. 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 Was that there's a quote? Uh, so basically we're talking about nothing? There's a quote. No, there's a quote uh, some fantasy writer was told that one time at a conference. I can't remember. How do you explain that 95% of fantasy is crap? And he's, how do you explain that 95% of everything is crap? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but this movie is not crap. No, this is not. And um, before we get too much into it, we'd like to talk about our favorite and our least favorite things. So you can go first there, Scott. What's your oh, okay. favorite thing? Um, I really like the set pieces in this movie. Um, so they, they go to different places here. They're in hell briefly. They're in like Constantine's apartment and different yeah. different locations. And they're all very well done. I, I agree like. with that. They, they, they have a lot of... Um, I mean, hell's kind of generic, right? It's like post-apocalyptic, but but of but Earth. it's kind of an interesting version of that, right? Yeah, but they put the right effects on it, so it looked well. Because even the idea was the was this phrase he says, "the world behind the world." Yeah. So you get the impression that heaven and hell are not like other dimensions; they're more like, like a other of aspects world. of our world that we just can't see because we're not they're not connected to it, right? Right, and it was consistent, and it looked great, and it looked really good. Yeah, and and it also kind of made because there's always that thing where it's, you know making heaven or hell look sort of of the worldly, but that doesn't really fit with this world because this this story is very much, very practical, very much. So heaven and hell seem like they should be places you could almost see going to. Right. 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 I think a lot of this movie is about demystifying. Yeah, in a weird way, way. yeah. Some I think that's Christian what I like about it. Mythology. Um, and they did they did look otherworldly, but like close enough to our right. world right. that it was recognizable. Right. It was still like a recognizable version of our world. Well, my favorite it's thing is that they don't over-explain a lot of the magical stuff, um, it's it's they don't pause every second to go, oh, this is the magic so-and-so of so-and-so, and when I use this, I can do this. Oh, yeah. Instead, it's kind of, you get the impression that he's experienced, so he doesn't have to talk about it. They, they're all experienced, and they know what they're doing, and, and yet it doesn't seem like they're pulling, you know, random magical miracle stuff out of their hat. Right. They make it look <laughs> purposeful. Right, um, right. So, in the very beginning, Constantine needs a mirror for right. reasons that will be explained, and there's a part where somebody asks him why he needs a mirror, and that could have been like a five minute, yeah. well, this is how demons work, blah, blah, blah. But instead he's like, shut up. Give, <laughs> just, me, a, give me the damn mirror. Give me a mirror. <laughs> don't look. Why should I not look? Just don't look. <laughs> and, and I like that. Uh, and then I'll go with the, the worst thing about this movie. Well, there's two worst things I'm going to, I'm going to steal from one of our, the unspoken third member of the podcast here <laughs> who contributes. The fan theory. The fan, well, no, there's nothing. That's a fan theory is good. I like that. No. I think the worst thing about the comic is that they sort of try to play with the sexual tension, romantic tension. And I think 
it's not really there, and I think it's them kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too. And I like yeah. that it's not really there, but I do get a little annoyed where it's kind of stop pretending like they're going to kiss. I'm going to need to move on. But it's a little forced. Right. The movie probably didn't need it. Right. And then the but the real worst thing for me is probably that it's it's different than the comics in the sense that I don't mind that, but I think a lot of uh, comic fans got really hostile towards the movie because of the differences. Yeah, and they're fairly superficial things. I think like. they are, but then again, you know, when you're used to certain ideas, it's really, it's he quits smoking, which is, he always smokes in the comic, and yeah. he's English in the comic, he's got blonde hair, and Keanu Reeves is rumpled, but he still always looks cool. I mean, <laughs> say what you want about Keanu Reeves, you know, like you can say about his acting, but I'm just right now, he always looks like he's awesome. I just, <laughs> he just, that guy's got it in order. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's my worst thing. What's your worst thing there, Scott? Um, well, <laughs> Keanu Reeves actually is my worst thing. I think he's actually a really good fit for this movie. But there's a couple of scenes where he's he's trying to emote. <laughs> and I think he's... I, I always feel like Keanu Reeves is a little... He comes off as a little flat when he's trying to do that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Except when he's the dog-faced boy. <laughs> Well, we didn't know he He's was, actually right? really, really emotive in the dog face boy role, I will say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, but I get what you're saying. This is yeah, a little controversy I'm... here. <laughs> it, it, it felt like the, is this... <laughs> this is the thing that's going to tear us apart. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with it, but I allow you your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's generous. Very generous of so me. So much. Uh, and I guess I, I feel like the, the pacing was a little slow in parts. Again, I don't quite agree, but I can see what you're saying. Uh, and some of it was necessary. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a build-up kind of movie. Right. But it, it felt like they could have tried a little bit of I get it. I get it, yeah. All right, so I guess that's the... We'll, we'll, gold will take... Bleh, I will learn to speak soon. Uh, <laughs> we can cut that part out. Good, let's cut that part out. Well, let's not cut out the part where we're talking about cutting it out. I mean, I won't cut it out, but we could have. <laughs> we could have. So I guess that's it. We can just go and talk to the movie yeah, after sure. the spoiler section. So if you haven't seen the movie... I don't know why you can pause this and go watch it and come back. It's a good movie. To. I recommend we it. We always say you need to go watch it. But you, you don't, don't have, have to. to you can just come and hear us talk about the movie. Yeah. We're not We're not upset by that. We won't judge you. No. I then like you can watch it afterwards and be like, wow, those guys are right. They really nailed that movie. <laughs> Alex might judge you a little bit. But... <laughs> That's just happening all the time. All right. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Hey, Scott here. Uh, for the last six episodes, we have not given out our information, so there it is. If you want to follow us at Twitter, you can do so at Save the Movies. Uh, our website, of course, is SaveTheMovies.com, and if you'd like to email us, please do so at podcast at SaveTheMovies.com. And back to the show. All right, so um, they open the movie with the WB sign, and they're, this is like the Matrix has happened, and I keep bringing it up. But it's entrenched the idea that the movie like corrupts the the movie yeah, somehow. Yeah, the the movie um, studio. They don't do that as much as they used to. But there was a lot there of times where they would they were like popular. yeah they like to incorporate something into the logo. I feel like the Matrix started it. I'm not positive about that though. And uh, so yeah, the logo, and then it gets all <laughs> hellish. Then you see his name, or... yeah, and then and there's an unnecessary quote about the spear of destiny. Yeah, so it's yeah. important. Well, okay, fine. And then it's been missing for a long time. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. You know, you could have just started the movie with the scene you start with. I always think that's executives pointing. 
So yeah. many fantasy movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've talked about this before. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast or not. So many fantasy movies start with an unnecessary exposition moment and end with... And there's always, like, you can tell because they, you could cut it out at the beginning and the movie would still make sense. It's just, you can tell the executives, we need to explain things right away. Explain things right away. Yeah. That's pure micromanagement. Right. Well, they, what do you mean? This guy finds a magic spear? Yeah, that's what he found. What? what where did that come from? It, it's, first of all, no one's asking that question. <laughs> the dirt. Right. It's... it's <laughs> It's clearly hidden. So, so this uh, these two, these four guys in Mexico are just digging around in the dirt. It's just like Deep Blue Sea. It feels like that first scene in Deep Blue Sea yeah. was somebody's somebody's executive override. Yeah, and so they're digging around in the dirt, and then the guy finds the spear. Spear of destiny. <laughs> they say spear of destiny a couple of times, and I really wanted like a guitar riff to follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah he finds it he touches it and immediately gets corrupted by golf yeah, style he goes weird yeah starts walking uh into the middle of the road and his buddy who's with him yeah they're clearly in mexico oh yeah it's in mexico yeah uh he walks into the road and a car slams into him i don't know if we mentioned that it was wrapped in a nazi flag yeah yeah but <laughs> but yeah so that's that's really the unspoken backstory is that which is pretty, it's pretty standard, actually. A lot of times, Hitler's great for occult stories, because you could just always put that on him. You can always write stories about the Nazis, and it's, well, the Nazis were keeping the spear of longitis. Yeah, I believe it. Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? That <laughs> seems like a thing they do. It seems like a thing they could do. <laughs> I'd like to know what actual occult stuff they got into, because I think there was a little bit of it. Yeah. And that really <laughs> cemented them as the Well, it helps. The evil... <laughs> My whole theory on the Nazis is, besides being jerks, they also wanted to make sure that they were memorable enough that even if they lost the war, we'd always be able to use them as villains. Because <laughs> think about it. They're throwing these massive parades where everyone's like goose-stepping, and they have skulls on their uniforms, <laughs> and they made super weird weapons that they would draw plans. I'm like, you know that's never going to work, but you know if we need someone to write a story about someone building a giant gun that shoots to the moon, we're going to... So that was their backup plan. It's like, well, we're not going to win this war. But we'll be bad guys forever. Very long-term thing. That's very long-term planning. <laughs> we got you, Hitler. <laughs> did you? That's oh, why did he, you? <laughs> that's why none of my bad guys will ever be Nazis. That'll teach them. <laughs> In your face, Hitler. <laughs> your face, Hitler. <laughs> we're spending a lot of time before so, even the main character shows up. Okay. So the guy gets hit by a car and right. it, it like deforms around him and yeah. he's fine. It's really good. That's another really good scene because it's pretty yeah. sudden. <laughs> right. And then the fact that it's kind of, at that point, it's where he totally gets, because he basically dies and it's almost like his body becomes possessed completely because there's that yeah. weird, he's sort of, I think he's sort of possessed, but once he's dead, he's oh, it's totally possessed. That's what I think happens. That uh, has some relevance later. Yes. So, so yeah, that's, the guy has a spear. He's walking somewhere. Yeah, that's right. I don't know where. That's know. right. <laughs> And then we cut to uh, L.A. and the woman, the woman making tea, and she goes and she's like going to give her daughter some tea, and her daughter's on the ceiling. Yeah, We're acting all weird because that's what demons do. Classic. Um, what's the movie I'm thinking of? The Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah, that's a TV show now, which is weird. I haven't watched any of it. What? Yeah, I, it's on Fox apparently or something. Uh, it can't be good. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> So it's good old-fashioned demon possession. That's a good old-fashioned. And again, we don't need any explanation. <laughs> no, no, we know what it is. These things yeah. are established. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like the idea that a lot of these demons in particular are, they get the impression that they're the lowest caste. They're kind of like the scavenger yeah. demon type. Because that's why they're kind of acting weird. 
Yeah. It's because she, I think he says that at one point, these sort of the low demons who are kind of the scavengers of the damned. Right. And so. Which was further um, brought home by the fact that they don't have heads. Right. Yeah. They have that weird look where they, the top half part of their face is missing and they're all bony and weird. They're just all demon instincts. Right. Yes. So, so yeah, Constantine shows up sort of like the exorcist, except not with any fanfare, which I like because <laughs> that's sort of the way this is. It's not like, it's not like, oh, this is business as usual. You know, yeah. he shows up, he litters. That's how you know he's a badass. <laughs> Take that, the system. <laughs> shows up in a beaten up old cab with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yes, as Chaz Kramer. <laughs> this is before Transformers, before he went kind of nuts. Yeah. So he's kind of, he's fine in this movie. I like him in this movie. Yeah, he's good. And then they go, so, they, and then we no meet. no complaints about Shia LaBeouf. No. <laughs> Not generally. He's he's a weirdo, but there are worse things. What and then what's the uh, I can't remember the priest's name, but the priest is basically who called him in, calls in Constantine. I forgot his name as soon as they said it. Right, but he calls him in because he can't handle it. He, the priest can't handle it, so he calls it Constantine to handle this. Yeah, priest Baldwin. Right. Yeah, that guy who's played so many crazy weird guys. He's a good actor. I like him. Does he play a little weird guy? Well, because he's got this thing with his eyes, where his eyes kind of like dart back and around forth, back and forth. Uh, and this movie is pretty weird. Yeah, and it, it, well, there's a movie called uh, Identity where he's in it, um, which like is just making up some of these movies. <laughs> which is almost a really good movie, but not. It will not be on Save the Movies. <laughs> That's the last you'll hear of Identity. Oh, you'll probably hear more about it later on. But uh, but yeah, he's in that, and he's good. Um, so he plays this sort of obviously, you know, alcohol. He's like a he's a priest who really sees things, and that's one of the themes in this movie is that too much seeing stuff. Seeing this stuff really messes with you, which makes sense. Yeah. I always like that idea because there's always people that are kind of, you know, not just in religion, but in religion, someone will be like, oh, well, you know, I believe this. And I'm like, yeah, but do you really think about all the stuff that might come with that and knowing what it exists and how, how that can really mess you up? Yeah, the people in this movie have PTSD. Right. Basically, yeah. I've seen demons everywhere. Right. And it's that idea <laughs> that being ignorant is actually a, a nice thing. <laughs> which, you know, kind of is. Well, yeah. And uh, so so Constantine goes up to exercise the girl. And again, this is a scene where it's not explained a lot. Like he, he stands up over the window and he uses the light to cast like holy symbols on her head right. until she responds to one. Right. And they don't have to explain it. No. There's enough context clues right. that can say, okay, he's he's looking for the right right tool on his keychain. That's right. And he right. finds it. Yes. It's like, yep, that's the one. Yeah. And he yeah. just goes to work like a... And before he does that, by the way, he puts like down his cigarette color, and he saves uh... a cigarette, which I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, he's a blue-collar exorcist. He's like a work-a-day exorcist. Yes, yeah, yeah. Everybody in this movie kind of reminds me of that. Like, even the sort of way the demons and angels are kind of the same thing. They're, kind of, they're just doing our jobs, man. Punch clock. So, yeah, he's exercising the girl, but it's not working. It chumps out it, her skin almost. There's an alien kind of moment. Right. <laughs> he punches it back in. She ordered the special, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, apparently they're making a sequel to Spaceballs or a search a for more money <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a sequel I think it's going to be a reboot yes Spaceballs is a search for more money um, holy crap uh, so yeah so then he's, well, he's got to pull up the big guns so that's when he needs a mirror a big right. a big ass mirror yeah, give me a three foot tall mirror that's right don't ask why <laughs> that's right and then he MacGyver's the pulley system yeah <laughs> which again very <laughs> sure I'm with it and then he's going to do his... Uh, tell Shay to move the car. That's right. But he doesn't move the car <laughs> enough because he's an idiot. I don't want to. Right. 
And then they uh, do the, the thing where he's, so that mirrors over the girl, Constantine chanting the magic, and he don't look. And then one, one dumb person looks. Of course. And, and again, you don't really know exactly what happens to you other than he just starts freaking out. His hair turns white. <laughs> You're not ready for that magic, dude. <laughs> and I think this is a really cool scene. This is, I think that like, when you talk about the execution of these scenes, the way the demon kind of pops out of her body in the mirror, really cool. Yeah. Because it climbs over him in the reflection, which again goes with that idea that there's the mirror world, the, the just out of sight world. Right, and they're like interacting with the surface of it. Yes. Um, yeah, and the whole choreography on the or uh, cinematography on it is yeah. very, very yeah. good. I actually probably should have looked up who did all that. Stuff. That's true. Well, we got to get to that level. <laughs> and then they get the mirror. The mirror is kind of stuck, and they can't get it out the window. And the demon's <laughs> yeah. like punching his way out. But then they manage to to push it out, and then it's when it hits the car <laughs> and shatters. But again, it's a really cool scene where it flies out, and you can see the demon kind of trying to get out. And then he and then. Constantine picks up his cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to uh, Angela? I want to say it's Angela. Uh, Angela's the, the, sister, the good, the, the living... Oh, yeah, yeah, she's, so the, she's a she's confession. Yeah. Talking about shooting people. Right, and how she worries because she she's always knows how to find the bad people and she always knows how to she when to shoot. <laughs> right, again, it's that, that impression about knowing too much. Yeah. And, um, and then she has... Yeah, forbidden knowledge. Right. Which... That's pretty. I don't know. If that's pretty biblical. That's probably pretty biblical. I've never heard any stories about that in the Bible, though. It sounds <laughs> familiar. <laughs> and uh, I want to say that that's in there. Somewhere. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe the back. <laughs> I think it's in the indexes. <laughs> forbidden. 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 Pages one five twenty eight. Forbidden knowledge. <laughs> Do not take. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> and then, well, and don't forget that we also mentioned that, again, uh, Constantine asked the priest to help him look for stuff just because he thinks there's something weird going on with the spiritual world. Yeah. And again, this actually fits quite thematically with the comics. One of the things in the comic is that Constantine goes through friends a lot. It's really dangerous, the world he lives in, and, and he's not able to protect his friends. Um so the idea that, spoiler alert, <laughs> that this guy's going to die and almost all the supporting characters, especially the guys who are kind of, you know, they're obviously in the same business as him. They're all, gonna, a couple of them are going to die and that fits with the comic. The comic has that a lot where hmm. people who know him die. And it's not always his fault. It's just the fact that you're in a dangerous world of supernatural, you know, stuff. In the dangerous business of uh, exorcism. Fighting demons. That's right. Fighting magic. So yeah, she confesses and then she 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 goes home. And then when she sleeps and she has a vision, and at first you're not really sure if it's a vision yeah. or not, because it's her twin sister. Right. And you don't know that yet. Right. But she has a dream of uh, throwing herself off a roof. Right. Her twin sister throws herself off a roof in the vision. Oh, there's a part where uh, <laughs> where where uh, Constantine starts coughing up blood because he's a he's a tragic <laughs> heroine from a, a 19, from an 1800s novel. <laughs> he's got the consumption. It's a classic movie trope. It's a classic movie trope. He should just have like a little, like a little uh, frilled hanky. He's like, <coughs> and then ask him, and then people just he stuffs it in his sleep casually. This is every kung fu movie ever. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's you right. Spit up some that's right. And that's where we. Uh, oh, the so consumption. the consumption, plot and point disease, plot point disease, and that's the. Uh, I don't know exactly when it takes place where the, he goes to see the doctor, and the doctor just talks to him about you know you you need to make. You need to prepare for what's going to happen. Right. They establish that he's dying. Right, right. Because he smoked too much. 
which I guess. which again fits the idea that the, the one the priest drinks too much. The one guy is the bug guy. He's just a weirdo. He's not so much got bad habits. He's just a weirdo. That's the thing. You're just gonna you don't you, you got a coping mechanism. They've all been affected, right? You've been affected. This, this interaction, yeah, or not true. Right. Um, don't they go to uh, B-Man at this point? Beeman, Beeman, the guy with the equipment. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he's uh, well, he's just it's just getting all the stuff. But I don't. I lost the sequence. I've lost the sequence, but I feel like Angela goes and and uh, to the crime scene, right? Because that's where they meet the first time. Yeah. That's where Constantine meets her because he's getting out of the hospital yeah. after talking to the doctor. And she's going to come up. And she's, she goes and sees her dead sister. Right. Who killed herself there, I guess? Because yeah. it was in the same yeah. asylum. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's... Also... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why not? And why not? Well, you know. I mean, I guess that's that's a thing. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's insane asylum. First of all, I'm not a, sure there's really insane asylums anymore. It's a crazy I think, war. I think you should go back a little. I guess we're writing this all the way with the constant... Going back... Tuberculosis don't, consumption. Don't, don't crush my dreams. <laughs> Let me have a sand asylums. Okay. That are visited by Dracula <laughs> at night. Fine. The insane asylum. I'm sure people with mental health issues really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, they'll get over it. <laughs> and, but yes, the the mental health ward. Um, yeah, so that's where she goes. That's where they meet. That's their their sort of meet cute. I like to call it, except it's not. <laughs> yeah. Steph, you have to make everything a trope. I do have to make everything a trope. <laughs> she meets him briefly, and then I remember there's the part where where Chaz, uh, Chad LaBeouf, aka Chaz, and Constantine are outside the the church. It's a weird church. It's like a headquarters church. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then he's well. Why am I? Why am I like not part of your team? And he's like, no, you're like my sidekick. Tonto, Robin, or that skinny fellow with the fat man, which I think is Laurel and Hardy. I'm not sure who he's talking about. I have about. no idea. <laughs> but they go something in. Something like that. That's the diocese library. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably something like that. Yeah. Um, yep, they walk in. And Well, he walks in, and then she walks in behind him, sneaks up behind him. Just can't stop running into each no, other. No, that's their second. And then he's a jerk to her, because he's a jerk, <laughs> at least at the beginning of this movie. Because he's a jerk. He's a jerk. <laughs> he's, 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 he's having a hard time with it. Yeah. The common people just don't understand what's going on. <laughs> common people. Anyway, uh, she goes off to talk to the priest. That's right. There, and he goes to talk to... Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel. Played by Tilda Swinson? Angel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's half angel or all angel? I'm yeah, sure see, uh, she seems like she's all angel, except that they're not allowed to have all angels, so I, I don't know. It's great. It's very half, vague. Very vague, but Gabriel's the full angel. I don't know, but again, I'm not going to get too much in the continuity of. <laughs> no, let's oh. talk about that for five more minutes. <laughs> let's talk about the continuity. Well, you Such know, <laughs> Gabriel is an archangel, angel, and they talk about he's trying to buy more time. Basically, if you want to tell us what we're messing up, no. feel free to comment on the the iTunes or yes, whatever. <laughs> let's uh, let's do the whole uh, book of angels. Where does Gabriel stand in the in the hierarchy? Let's settle this once and for all. <laughs> I, I think I think technically in the hierarchy it's it's a uh, Lucifer, Michael, and then Gabriel. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure the command structure. And it's been a long time. There might be promotions, sure, and stuff going on. Lamont's in there is middle management. <laughs> so they're talk. She's he's basically there to kind of try to buy more time. 
Yeah. I forgot about that. So, right, he's he's bargaining for his life. Right. Because <laughs> I think a part we missed here is when he's in the hospital, he's talking about how he died the first time. Right. And was in hell for a little while, and it was unpleasant. Well, he didn't really mention it yet in this one. <laughs> but later on, he will mention it, yes. Yeah. But he knows he's, he's yeah, he knows he's he's destined for hell. And it's not like a question. And this is where, again, we get into the problem of, of knowledge because okay, she Gabriel is why do you do this and he's I'll do this like, he's basically sending demons that are breaking the rules back to hell and right. she's just yes but you're doing it because you're trying to save yourself and he says well I can't not know the things I know <laughs> and I thought that's a really interesting sort of idea that is that's sort of that thing about he knows there's hell it's a real place and he's trying to get away from it so can he do a selfless act yeah, is it if, truly selfless? Right, if he knows he's going to get rewarded for it. It's a very weird thing, but it's kind of true. Yeah. Right? There's, there's a line there at the end uh, that I liked where Gabriel just looks at him and says, you're fucked. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, cause in Which this... is interesting, uh, now that I think about it, because the last time we, we watched uh, Robot and Frank, you mentioned that they threw in the F word yeah. to get up to a PG-13. <laughs> Would this one be PG? This probably would still be PG thirteen, but they do like to use it at least once. Yeah, there's that like line to in. Guarantee um, it, I guess. Well, it's also I think it's just it's 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 it. I feel like it feels like it's something it should be PG. I think a lot of times people want to put stuff in there just because. Well, we got to put it in there because we have it. You know, there's that weird thing. Yeah. That weird thing when you have a limitation or you don't, you really kind of feel the need to do it. If you have a budget, you got to spend it all. Right. If we are budget you know, we have one F word we can use. It's like, ooh, where should we put it? Ooh. <laughs> like a kid on Christmas. It's like, how can we, where's the F word? Did I put the F word in yet? <laughs> I got this fuck burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this line that I, uh, I that's interesting in the, um, in the, in the story. She's like, well, you're going to go to hell. You're going to die because you smoked so many cigarettes for a day. <laughs> and you're going to hell because of the life you took. And I thought, and at first, all we realized is because later on, it's because he, he, he killed himself. Yeah. I was oh, that's interesting. You know, it's because that's the life he took, which, you know, is against Catholic Catholic doctrine. So Right. They kind of leave it um, vague in the beginning. Right. So you feel like you might have killed somebody else, which would have also been interesting. That's right. Uh, killed a hobo for a couple of bucks. Would have totally made him sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Hey, mister, so, can I borrow a couple of bucks? No, can I borrow a couple of bucks? That's the music as you wrestle the hobo. Sometimes you lose, though. That's why I don't recommend doing this. Also the moral quandary. But... <laughs> so then we cut to... Uh, hobo killing's dangerous. <laughs> We just at the podcast do not story. endorse hobo killing. <laughs> These are just jokes. The homeless plight is very serious. Be nice to hobos. Be nice to hobos. It's good. They've got a tough riding the rails. They do. <laughs> the bindle. The bindle and the stick. I mean, you know, a lot of them take years to learn that. you got to eat cans, beans out of a can. I don't think it's a skill that you have to practice a lot. <laughs> you, you know why you think that? Because you don't have That's the skill. True. Dunning-Kruger effect. Right there, my friend. Right there. I've never lived in a Hoover hotel. <laughs> Your lack of bindle knowledge. Uh, oh, you got to get that top hat with like the broken top. Because <laughs> that's just part of the uniform. <laughs> you know how hard it is to find spats these days? 
right. So, so just we, to be clear, we are talking about the Looney Tunes hobo. Yeah, we're not talking about <laughs> from 1930. Most, I'm going to go on record. I see a lot of homeless people, and they do not look like they're having a good time. <laughs> and they certainly don't look like they've put a lot of thought into the uniform. It's more like whatever they got hanging around. So, right. yes, I'm not. I'm not. Not a lot of actual time. <laughs> <laughs> very. Yeah. It's very. It's kind of like hobos are kind of like drunks in the old shows. You know, drunks were funny. You know, like you watch like Andy Griffith show, and it's the funny drunk, right? And then you're like, "Poor Otis, someone should have helped that poor man." And it's sort of the same. There's never an Andy Griffith where they stage an intervention for the right. poor guy. It's like, and then it's just like, oh, "We're just gonna lock him up; he'll be fine." <laughs> oh, Otis, and I feel like that's the way the hobos were in the '30s. It's just like, "Oh, it's just a hobo," yeah. and then you're like, "That poor man, give him some help." <laughs> Crust of bread, anything. Something. <laughs> Heartless bastards. <laughs> so then we cut to Bald Priest. Reading, priest Baldman. Priest Baldman reading the psychic newspaper. Reading the yeah. paper. Which is, you know, I always like when they do scenes that like are very, very low special effect. Because basically it's just this actor touching newspapers and like kind of looking distant. Oh, and yeah. They've got the whispering. It's all that guy. It's, acting. Just, it's just that and the whispers. But I'm totally buying it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's I think a great... it's a much stronger scene for them not Right. Well, it'd be weird thing. if there was lasers shooting out of his fingers <laughs> or something. His wow. eyes start glowing. Well, I think about it that way. Yeah. I take it back. Uh, That'd be better. How about the newspapers hovering in front of him? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, what he's doing is, is scanning for like unusual yeah. news, it seems like. Yeah. Demon related Constantine stuff. Constantine knows something's up. That's and he's right. asked this guy to... to Put his ear to the ground, see what he can find. And he finds the the note about the, the article about the suicide. Yes, it's all connecting. <laughs> okay, and then then we cut to uh, Constantine. I think. Yeah, he walks out of the the diocese library. And he's just kind of angry at the world. He's just pissed he's off. He's a little down. Yeah, he's a little down <laughs> about going. He's to going. Hell. To, he's a little down about going to hell. Uh, <laughs> it turns out having having an angel of God tell you you're fucked. Is not the highlight of your day. Who knew? So there's some some bugs crawling around, right? It's like there's, it's interesting because the shot of the scene when you watch it, I've watched it a couple times. Like a bird flies by, yeah. and then you see like a little rat somewhere, and you go, oh, it's just is that. And then, and then the weird thing is the crab walks on his feet, <laughs> right? And so you see a couple of like vermin fly by, right. and then there's more, and yeah. then there's like too many, <laughs> right? And then as you hear, he's you hear that, hey buddy, you got a light. <laughs> And then he reaches into his pocket, and there's this bug. He's got like this uh, anti-demon bug in a in a screeching beetle. Screeching beetle. Demons hate. Right. So, and then there's that he gets attacked by like a full swarm demon, which is a really, I think it's a really good effect, and it's a really cool creature. Yeah. Because it basically takes on a human form, and even makes a face out of creatures, like snakes and weird things. Yeah, I think it's a good fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so like he's, he's trying to hit the demon with stuff, and it's really just. Uh, dispersing the insects, <laughs> right? But the and demon he, swarms back together and punches him in the face right. a couple of times. And it's like it's holding him down, and he's, he's hitting it a couple of times with a stick, and it, and it can't. It keeps breaking apart, but then he hits the demon, the uh, the bug, the screeching beetle, and that allows it to break apart. And he, yeah, and he does the oh, he does the cool guy tosses the beetle away. Yeah, because he knows <laughs> he doesn't need it. Which I'm like, carry that thing. I don't know why you wouldn't carry that thing. But uh, then the demon gets hit by a car, which. Would work because it's splatted all over the right, place. Right, it killed most of the insects. And then he's just, <laughs> and Constantine's just stepping on the rest of them. Like he's really pissed because he's having a not. He's not having a good day. 
Oh, so then they, uh, so then he goes back. They're going to the bar, the angel bar, angel demon bar. Yeah. Which is is like I like this idea that they're going to go into the bar and it's because the way to get in the bar is they just have these cards and they hold it up and you have to guess what's on the card. Right. And Chaz can't guess because he's not psychic. So the guy can guess and he's just you know two two frogs on a bench. <laughs> he goes through. <laughs> then he goes to the demon bar. Which look, I'm going to go honest here. Trying way too hard these demons. <laughs> Guys, you need to chill. <laughs> right? You said it while we were watching the movie. But it's like they were sitting there waiting for somebody to come <laughs> in. Right. Oh, oh. There's that cool song playing. Get your places. <laughs> like, I think it's a Trent Reznor song. It's like, <laughs> and the lighting's all cool. It's a very Blade kind of moment. Yeah. And all the demons. Like, the one, all these demons gather around these drinks. <laughs> and the one, he blows on the drinks and they all turn black. <laughs> There's another part where like they're eating Just something. You don't know what they're eating, but it looks disgusting. <laughs> and then there's one where she's sitting on the guy's lap or whatever, chewing on his ear. They're just kind of staring at you all seductively. I don't really think you guys are into that. I think you're just waiting. Yeah, I guess it's a demon and angel bar, but it seems like it's all demons. <laughs> maybe doing demon stuff. I don't know. Maybe the angels. Angels are sitting there watching. They don't show the back. There's another room, but it's not as cool. All the angels are playing pinochle. <laughs> Like they're playing Scrabble in the back. <laughs> the demon, the demon part of the bar. Is, well, no, no, no. <laughs> and like all these seductive things. <laughs> the demon and the angel parts. Hello, baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> the guys I'll, are, I'll take a white wine spritzer, please. <laughs> guys are wearing polo shirts. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like? I'll take a Shirley Temple, please. Ooh, living it up, aren't you? <laughs> Two scoops of vanilla ice cream, please. <laughs> oh, you're so bad, Gabriel. I know. I know. It's my cheat day. It's my cheat day. <laughs> this is official canon now. <laughs> they're there to see, uh, or Constantine's there to see Papa Shadow. Midnight. Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. Played by uh, Jimon. <laughs> I wrote this down. Jiman Han Honsu. Honsu. He's he's an actor. He's an ex model, but he's he's in tons of stuff. I mean, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a distinct, from... good looking guy. Sure. Why not? I mean, right? <laughs> handsome man and a capable actor. Handsome, handsome man and a capable actor. More more power to you, Jiman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> made it. And then it's uh, and I do like this line where he can look at because he's got magical powers. He's sort of like the neutral. He's sort of the uh, the Rick of this world, you know, the Rick from, from Casablanca, neutral oh, yeah. party, and uh, and he can tell that Constantine's dying, and he says that line, which is, I thought I heard thunder last night, must be Satan's stomach growling, <laughs> and it's also kind of foreshadowing because he says that line about the one soul, even the Satan's, the devil himself would come up to claim. <laughs> I'm like, which is important. That's and again, that's good right. foreshadowing because it's kind of there's a tossaway line. Right. There's there's a couple of other lines. <laughs> yeah. I think we might have passed one of the other ones. But anyway, it's not that important. Uh, <laughs> foreshadowing! Uh, Constantine wants to use the chair, which we the find chair. out more about later. That's right. <laughs> but it's a useful uh, scrying tool. Right, right. And it, But it's against the rules for him to do that. And then we also see... I guess. Balthazar. I don't know if it's against the rules or uh, Papa Mennonite just... Well, because he's supposed to be neutral. He's supposed to have sworn yeah, neutrality. Yeah, that's right. 
can't help uh, Constantine. Kill my wife, I said. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what gives a man a heart full of neutrality? <laughs> <laughs> but he won't use a chair. But this is the scene. Part of the scene is kind of established that you know, probably midnight. But also introduced uh, Balthazar, played by Gavin Rosdale of uh, oh, that band Bush, as uh, Balthazar, who's like a demon guy who's got a coin thing he likes to carry as a distinctive tick. Because you know, if you're going to kill people, make sure you have a gimmick. This movie's odd job. <laughs> Who throws their shoe? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> you would think like having a razor blade hat would be dangerous in the real James Bond story. Yeah. Odd job. It'd just be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you think he'd have lost a couple of fingers, but. <laughs> I'm just saying. Seems like it'd also be a little more obvious. It's like, why does your hat have that glinty metal part? No reason. <laughs> This is my this is my assistant. Odd job. Is he one of those killer butlers? No, not at all. Why has that hat got razors in it? No reason. Why is he so muscly? Yeah, I... really swole for a butler. That's right. Um. So the Angela comes to Constantine's apartment. Right, because they and... because she gets a psychic message yeah. from her sister, where she sees their sister in the in the security video jumping off the roof saying Constantine's name which is she couldn't even hear but she hears it in the one play and then all the phones ring she's got way too many phones which I don't know why she has so many phones but she does so it's 2005 so I guess it's defensible to have that many phones how many phones even if she's at, I don't know I mean I was it's, just thinking this before cell phones I mean really she had a, a fax machine too hold on system. so she had like a fax machine her own landline her cell phone yeah Business line. Her business line. Her party line. The hotline to the mayor. The hotline to the, the bat cave. <laughs> that makes sense now. It's fine. And, it uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, she goes and, 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 and uh, tells Con- you know, John Constantine, she's, well, my sister, uh, uh, you know, killed herself. She never killed herself. And then Constantine is being an ass in this part of the movie. Like, completely. He's completely indifferent to her. Then there's a great moment I, like it, where he takes a spider and traps it under a glass and blows smoke on it. <laughs> he's just upset and he's like, welcome to my life, which is sort of the problem because he's still self-self-pitying. And then when it falls up at the end of the scene where she takes it out, the, she actually frees the spider. It shows the difference between where they are in their lives. She's still at a low point, but she's, you know, it's the spider. But she, don't screw a spider. That's, that's, kill yeah. it or don't. Let it go. <laughs> he does this line where he says, you know, she's like, well, my sister would kill herself. And he's like, yeah, a mental patient. Why would a mental patient kill herself? That sounds crazy. <laughs> And he's just not interested. Sure. Right. She's like, well, I know you travel in cult circles. She doesn't believe in the occult. But she knows the cult. You know, there's people who believe in that stuff. Yeah. And her sister talked about mm-hmm. that's that's what she was uh, committed for is some of that same kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that, that's what drew her there. Aside from, you know, the magic. Her hearing her, his name. Yeah. When she says, she says, at least could you point me in the right direction? And he says, yeah. And he points towards the door. <laughs> he's a douche. <laughs> Dogface boy would never do that. <laughs> right. He's above all this he's non-demon just, stuff. He, yeah, he's just... He, yeah, well, first of all, he also isn't... He also thinks it's not a real problem. Right. That's also... And he's just not... You know, he's, he doesn't have time for the the nonsense. He, it's nonsense to him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, too. And he's also in a bad mood. Right. There's no reason he should... Right. That his character would right. put himself up. 
Uh, but he starts seeing uh, some... There's like the shadows. Something's flapping around. Right, there's that. And it's a good... It's you talk about the cinematography, because it's a cool shot, because you see from his windows all these shadowy fl- shapes fly by, and it can't pan, kind of pans away from him, and it pans across, and then it would have pans across the, wind, the door. I mean, the table, he's gone, and you see the door closed, like you ran out after her. Right. Which is a really... It's arty, but it's cool. It works really well. Yeah, they didn't go... Um, I think they walked a good line there between the, the suggestion of something flying around yeah. um, and showing enough of it without yeah. being annoying about it. Right, right. Well, and, and this isn't the kind of movie where they do a lot of, he's not going to, the closest you get to a monster is the, the swarm demon, the bug demon monster. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, there's... Well, this next shot... He doesn't things. fight them. They're monsters, but they just show up and they kind of are there very briefly. And it's more like they're the fact that they're attacking is what makes them scary. Not even the fact they're going to tear you apart. Because there's a really good shot of this empty street, and he's talking to her about the the magic and all that. Yeah, he's explaining all the yeah. the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's just, well, that's silly. Which she should think that is. <laughs> she has not been attacked by a monster yet. <laughs> sure. So he pulls out a rag, wraps right. it around his wrist, and there's fists. and there's that cool thing where the lights start going out. Yeah, on all the angle, and it's like everything just gets really dark, except for this cheesy, which yeah, which fits in front of a church, <laughs> cheesy Virgin Mary statue, which fits you <laughs> sure. know for the aesthetic of this movie. The demons, it's all dark, and he lights it, and it explodes, or like that holy light, and a, little, and a whole legion of demons <laughs> get melted. It's a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch. I guess As a, defined by Leviticus, it's a, it's a bunch of demons. Shroud of Turin or something. <laughs> <laughs> they never tell you, but you know what it is. Yeah. It's magic. You can make he your knows. own conclusions. Right. right. I'm assuming it was hard to get to whoever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Probably went on. It's the BVDs of some Mexican guy, Mexican guy named Jesus. <laughs> but he's a really good guy, so it works. <laughs> sure. It works. He's really nice. He's really nice. He's a good guy, man. He'll give you the BVDs on his ass. <laughs> But I really like it because I think it's a cool magical scene because it's, it's very sort of subdued even as it is. Yeah. And then the way that it's really bright and flashy with the demons melting and then it's just all the lights come back on. There's not chanting or anything. No, no. He just takes this thing out <laughs> and lights it up. And then uh, he's still talking to her because he's, well, there's something going on, obviously. And I like that she's not, they don't waste all the time. She hasn't really believed in Supernatural, but she pretty much gets on board at this stage. Right. <laughs> It's, yeah, there was nothing awkward about right, it. Right, she doesn't do that thing where it's, well, I can explain why nobody else, all the city was suddenly dead, and all the lights went out, and a horde of monsters appeared. <laughs> I'm sure there's a pretty rational explanation. Yeah, there is. A horde of demons appeared. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. And they're still talking. And there's a scene I like, it's about the scene that kind of ends with suddenly a bus driving by, because you realize how quiet it's been. Yeah. And the bus drives by, and you're just like, oh, okay, they're, they're back fully in the real world again. Right, whatever shadow dimension they were in. Yeah. <laughs> They're back from it now. <laughs> so they go set up, like, John's going to go check. Yes. Now that he knows that Angela's, like, involved in <laughs> something, the, the supernatural side of stuff, he's going to try to help her out and go check and see if her sister is in hell. Yes. Because <laughs> there seems to be some question about Right, because if she killed herself, she'll be in hell. And if she didn't, she won't. And mm. then they'll know. At least they'll have a clue about what's going on. Uh, I really like this scene too, where um, they're setting up. He's putting his his feet in the, yeah. the thing of water. <laughs> he's got the cat. He's got the spot. cat, which he does not kill. By the way, <laughs> the third member of the podcast was. Cat. He's not going to kill that cat, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but I was no, he's not going to kill. Oh, I mean, 
There's and a, a really <laughs> You never know. But these cats are good because they're half in, half out. <laughs> which I like. That's sort of, that's sort of a play. See, that's the little things to me that imply that if they would do a movie after this, they could do other mythologies. Because cats really don't have much to do with Christian theology. But Egyptian mythology oh, sure. and other cultures, you could definitely... Or, uh, I really like this scene because you're right. It talks about simple direction. He's sitting in that chair. He's got that tub of water. And he's staring into the eyes of that cat. There's this close-up <laughs> of this cat. And it is somehow entrancing. I don't know what they, if they touched it up or whatever. I don't know, man. Like, right, you're just staring at this cat yeah. for a solid minute <laughs> in slow motion. And it's just, oh. And it's being cut with, um, he, he tells her to leave the right. apartment. <laughs> Which is another part I really like about that. She closes the door for half a second. For her, a fraction of a second. Which is kind of, again, that's not only is that a good scene, but it also ties into the fact that the time stop of the sort of the transitional between the two worlds is important later on. Right. It so, really brings it home that yeah. that's a thing. Because he's wondering. And then again, he wakes up and he's he's in the, in hell. Which again, looks very much like... the. In fact, he really stands out, even though he's in black and white. Because he's, like, he's the only thing with any color besides red. He's walking through, basically it looks like a city after it had been blasted by <laughs> endless sandstorm. It's post-apocalypse. Right. Whatever city they're in. <laughs> right. And all the, like, he's, he's walking by demons and, like, these weird demons who are, are like, the scavenger demons are kind of like, oh, what is that? Here's a tasty morsel. Schnoof, <laughs> schnoof. <laughs> so he finds Isabel somehow. using Right, his, well, because he's kind of looking for her, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, that's why, you know, it's partly the tie in the, it's that he's looking for her specifically. And then he and then she drops her bracelet, which he brings back to the real world, her medical yeah. bracelet, so that he and, like she's literally just closed the door, and then she just hears the the, like, the weird yeah. sound, and she was right up he's and coughing up a lung. Yeah, he's coughing a lung, and he's got smoke coming <laughs> off of him. And uh, and then they they confirm it's like, oh no, she's there, she's definitely there in in hell. So that that means why is she there? Why is it still important? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, right. And this Angela's all in at this point. Yes. He starts two, two weird things is enough. <laughs> yes, and then he starts explaining what happened to him, which basically was well in the order. Technically, the 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 priest priest Baldwin <laughs> goes and and checks on the the sister, touches her, and yeah. channels and realizes what's going on. Right. He senses it. Then he starts having too many. It's too overwhelming, and so he drinks to compensate for it. But he he's trying to drink, but nothing's coming out. And it's because it's a demon's basically screwing with him so that he doesn't know he's drinking. And so he's basically right. drowning himself. We find out realizing. later that he's, right. he actually is drinking. He's just not Which is perceiving pretty, that he's drinking. It's a really interesting shot. It's a really interesting effect. I don't know. I'm sure it's digital. But it's interesting because like, he'll pick up that bottle of wine and he's drinking it and nothing comes out. And then he puts it down and it just immediately starts pouring. <laughs> and, I, and we're like, oh, well, it's not letting him drink. But that's that's the trick. I wonder. Yeah, but I'm sure it's digital, digital. Or, or some um, practical effect. Practical effect. It's impressive, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of fits with the theme, right? Because it's his own vice that's killing him. Right. It, the, that's the idea that the 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 demons and angels play on your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. The demons aren't allowed to just like stab him because <laughs> that would be, first of all, that'd be boring. <laughs> what kind of complicated plan do you need as a demon? <laughs> What do you need from me, oh lord? Go shoot that guy. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, it does play on that, using your own. <laughs> it just doesn't have the it same... It doesn't have... 
Same genesis. Honestly, sir, I don't think you're putting the, the same <laughs> thought into your evil schemes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just don't feel very motivated lately. <laughs> I want you to go find John Constantine and splash him with mud. <laughs> don't question it. That doesn't seem very ironic. <laughs> doesn't seem very ironic. He really likes his suits. Okay. <laughs> Devil's having an off week. Having an off week. You know, it's you know, eternity's a long time to keep coming up with ironic punishments. <laughs> There's going to be a point where you're going to run out, right? <laughs> you <laughs> incompetent devil. So you like donuts? Here's all the donuts in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't a fiddle of gold be really expensive and sound really crappy? Hey, it's more for show. <laughs> It's a fine tradition of the devil, maybe not being that great at his job. <laughs> you know, I like the guy who plays the devil in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to him. It's awesome. <laughs> I feel like he knows what he's doing. I really like him. He's actually one of my favorite actors, but it's kind of cool that he... I really like his sort of slimy, weird yeah. devil. <laughs> he's not going seductive. <laughs> no. uh, Which really makes you think about how often, like every other time the devil's portrayed, he's... This, like, slick playboy. <laughs> right, or or even, like, in uh, Legend, you know, Tim Curry plays him. He's not exactly sexy, but he's also kind of cool-looking. Because yeah. he's got, like, the big horns, and he's got the big muscles. <laughs> and he's always like, oh, yes. And he rules over this cool kingdom. But this is a guy who's devil. You kind of, yeah, he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of a crab weasel. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> I'm use that. <laughs> And uh, so uh, he talks, so meanwhile, Kaze talks about it, and he says, like, well, you know, I saw things when I was a kid. He's this great line, and my parents were normal parents. They did what normal parents do. They made things worse. <laughs> yeah. Which is true, until he eventually kills himself and spent two minutes in hell, which is a long time. Right. And came back. He was dead for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And they were managed to revive him. Yeah, and now he's back, and then he realizes that he's, everything he saw is true, but he's also kind of condemned now. Damned if you do, damned, damned if you <laughs> Catcherous, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lesson in there. <laughs> and then there's this... Kids, uh, suicide isn't cool. <laughs> be nice don't, hobos. Don't be <laughs> hobos. Help, help alcoholics. <laughs> and suicide isn't cool. You know, a lot of people question whether a podcast like this could change the world. I feel like it can't. <laughs> We finally answered that question. Finally, and then there's this uh, another line I like. Maybe you know God has a plan, and Kaza seems God's just a kid with an ant farm, and I like that mm-hmm. idea because I always felt like that's one of those things where it's now I'm not religious myself, so you know, but it's always this notion that if there is an all powerful being and he and he has these schemes, that's not always going to be comforting. You know, that's a relatively new idea when you think about like the ancient world, like the Greeks were. Like, oh yeah, Zeus has a plan, but it probably all involves us dying, right? <laughs> He really likes Jason. The rest of us can go to hell. <laughs> a lot of the the old gods, yeah. um, were very selfish, <laughs> or just well, they, it, they did what they felt like. Look, um, and they were very kind of like human, right? Actions. And they were certainly fallible. Like the original, oh, yeah. like, like the one that I always think is the original in the original Clash of the Titans movie. The daughter gets pregnant, gets child, loses child, and and the king is like, "Well, no, she must have just slept around. I banish her, oh Zeus, in your name, I banish her." And then Zeus is, well, 
that's my daughter. How dare you? It's my 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 child and my my you know my teen bride. I don't know. And and he destroys the whole kingdom and he crushes the king. And you realize you just killed this guy who had no knowledge, who was doing something to please you. And I'm like, yeah, that's Zeus. <laughs> you mentioned that he might have been. Oops, I guess I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, well, no, no spilled milk. <laughs> and that's what I think is, you know, when we talk about. God, now we kind of a lot of times people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a much nicer idea than, <laughs> than the universe was." Yeah, I'm not sure God cares about your football game. <laughs> we'll just throw that out there. <laughs> well, not your football game, but mine. <laughs> Is it an American football team? <laughs> He's too busy helping rap stars with Emmys and picking the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Film out his March Madness bracket. <laughs> his March Madness bracket. Oh boy! Something it's... tells me Scotty Pippen's going to be a good pick this year. Scotty Pippen. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. It's well, old God. He's let's, timeless. <laughs> let's stop going down this path. Okay. <laughs> we get too many angry comments <laughs> about God. Yeah, about whatever. I'm not sure we. <laughs> I don't know. You're probably going to find many more interesting podcasts about theology than us. I'm just suggesting. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but uh, the priest uh, carves in his hand with a corkscrew. Yeah. The symbol, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. With He's quite the artist. Kudos. Yeah, he does the whole thing properly. He doesn't even, like, it's even got gaps in it, and he has the gaps even. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's impressive. It's like this impressionist yes. <laughs> version of the symbol. I think this is where they go back to the hospital. And he's trying to get Angela to, um, oh yeah, yeah, reach to... down and figure out what message her twin lost. Right. <laughs> this well, is the scene where he's shouting at her a little. Right, because he's trying to get her to admit. He knows because he's like, "You're twins. You spent all this time together. You have secrets." She's not going to leave a clue for the police. She's going to leave a clue for you. And she's like, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." And you can tell she's kind of in denial. And it's, it kind of makes sense because it's it's later on we find out she has psychic powers too, and she's been seeing these things. And she kind of talked herself out of seeing him. So she still kind of does because that's how she can be a good cop. Yeah. But and she it, suppressed it because it's horrifying. <laughs> right. And because especially because she saw what happened to her sister, too. Her sister was right. being mistreated because of it. Yes. And, and she's very guilty about it. She has abandonment issues. Even though, again, she was just a kid. And after a while, I mean, sure. I mean that's a lot to put on somebody. But, I mean, that's that's another kind of message of this movie is shit happens. <laughs> Whether well, you're old enough to handle it or not. Right. And also, I think, a message, again, of the idea of being chosen. Even if you look at the Bible, there's a lot of stories, especially in, in uh, the Old Testament, where it's, oh, you were chosen. Sucks to be you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one of the things I like about um, Kevin Smith movie. Oh, uh, Dogma. Dogma. Because <laughs> they talk about that. So yeah. They yeah. chose Jesus. And he disappeared for a few years. Yes. Right, because you got he's got he spent a couple of years having to deal with that knowledge, that idea. Yeah, which I like because it's it, it's very true to mythology and to Christianity and all these things about, and not just that, even even in fantasy, even in our stories, even stories that aren't supposed to, supposed to be built on anything. It's we all acknowledge being chosen is not always great. <laughs> yeah, it's often treated lightly. Yes, which is fine. For, this, is a, this is a good uh, representation of yeah real consequences. Yes. <laughs> And then, and Christian then, mythology, I guess. <laughs> Fact, if you're into that kind of thing. Yes. Everybody's got a viewpoint, man. <sighs> We're really trying. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to comment on theology based on Constantine. <laughs> Constantine has proven, without a beyond of a doubt of a shadow of a doubt, which is the true religion. 
It's Keanuism. <laughs> and I've heard it's 110% pure adrenaline. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> I know religion. <laughs> you know, Neo Neo did sacrifice himself for the Matrix. So. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have if there had been any more movies. Aside from that first one. <laughs> Which there were not. <laughs> so she realizes that she was psychic all along. <laughs> she had it all. It was in her heart all along. Yeah. And so she finds the message and it talks about the... Bible and hell goes all the way to 11. <laughs> it's like they had a second part where you know at the end of the Bible, it's their version has a question mark. <laughs> Bible 2. The end question mark. <laughs> Bible 2, Return of the Devil. <laughs> I'm going to Bible... Play. Bible 3, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I'm going to find a guitar riff to insert. <laughs> That's right. Bible, Bible 4, The Destruction of Jared Sin. <laughs> you don't get that because you don't get any of my movie reference. But it's a brilliant reference. If we keep doing this podcast, I'll get it one You'll get them all. <laughs> a year from now, I'll be like, Jared Sin! <laughs> so they're going to wake her up <laughs> um, with shock treatment. Well, actually, there's this other part, though, where they are going to... They're talking to the guy on the phone, their friend who's... His other friend who's, like, the bug guy about the uh, passage. He's looking up the passage in oh, the, yeah. in the Hell Bible. And he... Demon. Yeah, and it talks about, like, the son of Satan rising through a powerful psychic through divine intervention. And then he's, he knows something's going to happen. He's about to get killed. He knows. He can sense it. And then and then a bug. They find him. They they run to the valley. This is a weird scene. I like it because it still reminds me of the idea that the, there's a shadow world. So when I think when they walk in there, like the bowling alley is empty but lit. And I think it's kind of like they're kind of semi in the shadow world. <laughs> that's my justification for it. Because otherwise, yeah. it's all the lights are on. It's like cause no one's ever in this bowling alley. But uh, they find the guy covered in abandoned bowling alley. <laughs> Maybe the guy that takes care of it. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> Hey, it's, that's his dark hobby. Sure. Bugs and taking care of bowling. bowling. <laughs> the original version, it gets hit by a 10-pin. <laughs> Freddy Krueger style and the demon says some kind of pun about bowling. You're not even... I like to call that a 7-10 split! <laughs> Is that Freddy Krueger? <laughs> that's my Freddy Krueger. It's not very good. I haven't had time to perfect it. I've Freddy never... Krueger slash Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> I smell fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that makes sense that they're uh, crossing the right, right, right. here a little bit. And uh, so they find him dead. He's covered in bugs. Right. Ironically, not bees. Right. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, <laughs> did they... Activate Angela before. Uh, no, I think they do it afterwards because remember she gets she gets activated. Activated. <laughs> They're like forming Voltron here. Activate Angela. Oh, because yeah, remember because they go back. Right, because they go back because she has the psychic vision. Because right, right. she's got to go. She basically, she's and he's like, well, you don't want to do this because it's if you if you're careful because once they see you, you see them, they can see you. It changes your whole relationship to the, right. the game. But she's no, I want to do this. 
She's turning herself into bait. Right, and she's also turning herself into like just a participant in this sort of shadow war. So he basically drowns her in the bathtub almost. <laughs> so, I mean, he doesn't tell her he's going to drown No. <laughs> he's just like, all right, you have to be completely underwater for this to work. So she goes underwater. He's holding her down. Yeah. She's just kind of looking around. Yeah, and she's kind of bored, which I like. <laughs> and then she starts freaking out because you, know, you would, I would. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you wouldn't presume. <laughs> Throws them away with telekinetic force. Well, yeah, because it and then the bathtub breaks and all the water and it's and it's again it's a cool shot because it's there's a dripping water faucet and it just stops for a second and you know in that moment that she went to hell for like a minute, right? And then it starts again, so, but you don't see it. You just know she went. You don't need. To, I mean, yeah. you know what happened. Plus, she's smoking. Right, and she comes out smoking again, which I like, yeah, because the transition, and then she, that's when she runs, and she finds the coin that Balthazar left when he killed the guy, which I think, now that I think about it, I think he left it on purpose. Yeah. I think the idea was to lure them out. Right, because I think he says something at some point that his job was to That's right, that's right. And that's what, and it makes sense, because in a way, you leave that clue that they're not going to find unless they activate her, (laughs) because they need need a psychic, they need a powerful psychic, and she's not really a powerful psychic right now. She's right. suppressed it, so it's kind Precisely. of like good, good idea. And uh, good job, writers. <laughs> you should know, right? <laughs> what good writing? Good you. job, writers. Good job, writers. <laughs> I, I I approve of this writing. <laughs> so they're gonna go and get Balthazar. So God, so Constantine makes a a dragon breath super holy shotgun. <laughs> Oh yeah, of course they had to put together a gun with a cross on it. That's right. It's got the it's got it's golden Gatling barrel. Golding. It's got the dragon's breath thing. It's got like regular shotgun, magic shotgun <laughs> thing. It's got a cross. It's golden. It's sort of like a holy weapon for a new era. Which the, is pretty cool. The aliens' gun. Yeah, those all. <laughs> and the uh, mod on there for uh, rocket propelled grenade, <laughs> holy water or something. That's right. I don't know. The rosary bead bola. <laughs> That's what they like. <laughs> We don't get to see all that stuff, but I assume it's there. <laughs> so he goes in to confront. She he, he tells her to stay in the car and gives her a magical amulet to protect her. It was the one. Uh, it was Priest Baldwin's. Yeah, it's sort of that. Yeah, which is what protected him a little bit. Right, uh, and so then took it off. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he goes in, and there's a scene where he, like he. He fights Balthazar. And again, it's kind of taking the modern day equivalent. He shoots him with the fire gun. But that doesn't really hurt the demon too much. And then, while he's basically the Balthazar, like, choking him to death, he takes out these brass knuckles with, like, crosses <laughs> on him. Beats the tar out of him. It's a good fight scene. It is. And um, he's, Balthazar thinks he's going to get sent back to hell, which is... Not that big he a deal. Care. He doesn't like as much, but yeah. He's not impressed. Right. But Constantine pulls out a Bible. And he's like, I'm going to... says, all right, I'm going to save your soul. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of tricks him into thinking... Right. He's going to get... He just takes advantage of the fact that the the demon just doesn't want to take that chance. Right. It's really interesting, because he had nothing to torture the guy. Right, right. And even even the guys, even Valdezar, well, you can't do that. You're not really vested to do that. (laughs) But at the same time, he's like, I just can't take that. He doesn't want to take that chance. (laughs) So, uh... And then, it, but it's funny because even after Cussing gets the information, he's just like, well, you know, you have to ask for absolution. You can't just, you just don't get it. And then he's just, got him. Got you, nanny. <laughs> and then they're leaving. And then she gets out of the car. And this is where I think is a little contrived because she takes, 
I think it would be better if the necklace got caught on something she didn't notice, but it seems like she just took it off. Right. But she didn't take it off. Or Balthazar grabbed it somehow. Yeah, but instead she kind of like, she takes off her jacket. It fell off. <laughs> and it's just, it was, I guess it was, they could have just made a little, I, that's a little contrived, but you know, I'll get, I'll look over it, overlook it, because it's not really that important either. It's, yeah. I mean, I've always thought it's weird to have like a magical amulet that's any way that somebody could just snap off your neck anyway, that seems like bad planning. I'm saying if I have a magical amulet that protects me, I'm really beginning that secure. It's really secure. It's like Cyclops running around with that visor that you can just pop off his head. <laughs> Dude, I know it's not cool to put that eyeglass thing on. The stress the strap. Back. <laughs> I get it. Nobody wants that look. For the safety of all your friends and humanity, put that on. <laughs> when I've got a magical amulet that protects me, that thing is secured. <laughs> bolted on. It'll be duct taped to your Duct tape. There's going to be like three, three. There's going to be a fail safe system. <laughs> People will pull it off, and they're just like, I've also got an extra string next to it. Just pull it back. (laughs) If only she thought of those things. So she's uh, kidnapped by the power of suction. Right, which I like, because it's kind of like she starts acting kind of weird. He's like, there's something all right, and then there's this cool shot, shot of, which doesn't really accomplish a lot of that. It's cool where... She gets like pulled through the building and the building exploding behind her as she gets yeah. and he's running to try to catch her. <laughs> which is oh, that's a nice try, but you're not gonna you're not gonna catch her. With that special effects budget there. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty good. And it's a pretty good shot. So at this point, somebody says something about the spear of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's... I just wanted to note that they mentioned it again. <laughs> right. Well she she because they they think well, because here's the thing, they think you need the power of the divinity to help with the so they think, oh well right. the the blood of Jesus, the spear of, of Longinus, spear of destiny, which is sort of true, but also a little bit of a of a trick because there's actually another part of divinity in this that's coming up where Gabriel is the is also a divine entity who's doing part of the operation. But yeah, yeah. So that's when they figure that out, and then so so they figure out they're pretty much screwed. He figures out he's screwed. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so he goes back to uh, Papa Midnight's uh, <laughs> Papa Midnight's. Dark Couturier slash Pinochle Bar. <laughs> they don't really make a big deal about it this He's time, neutral. but in my version of this, this time Constantine goes through the Pinochle part. And like all the teams are like, hey, Constantine! <laughs> Would you like a Coke Zero? <laughs> you know you know that in the uh, the, the Pinochle part of Papa, Papa Midnight's, they never ran out of Crystal Pepsi. It's still there. So you know it's paradise. <laughs> Yeah, cucumber slices with cottage kind of cheese on <laughs> Grapefruit. Have grapefruit halves. Some cottage kind of cheese. <laughs> okay. I just like picturing the two bars. There's <laughs> that a demon is just like, you know, I could go for a nice game of pinochle. <laughs> and then there's other angels. Well, maybe I'll just have one drink. And then it's like, it's all hell breaks loose. Meanwhile, the demon's like, this is nice. This is nice. You know, I don't have to be going nuts all the time. You know, you, you think sometimes, it's cool. Sometimes I get tired of partying. You think it's cool to have like a hot babe chewing on your ear. Sometimes you just want to enjoy a nice game of gin. That's not happening in the movie, but I enjoy it anyway. Sometimes I like to have a drink that's not on fire. Yes. <laughs> no can, fire, guys. Can I get a beer? Just a light beer. That's all I need. Just there's a Dos Equis right there. <laughs> Let's take a Dos Equis. 
he busts into Papa Midnight's office. He really needs to use that chair. So there's a, a fight scene. Right. This is of. kind of cool because Papa, Papa Midnight's more of a traditional magician kind of guy. Right. And he does like a force blast kind of thing. And then he does this thing where I like is because it's sort of, I, th- I don't know if it's intentional, but it's kind of a nod to psychic surgery. Psychic yeah. surgeon where they can reach in your body because he's kind of reaching into sort of the cousin's body. It's like, oh. <laughs> going after the liver. Or yeah, something. he's just like, poking him in the liver. <laughs> it looks painful, whatever. It, it is. I'm sure it is. Constantine's, you know, you keep playing your neutral, but, you know, there's a point where it's not, you're not neutral anymore. You got to do something. Right. Your friends, our friends are dying, and you're just kind of sitting in the middle. Talk some rounds. And the chair is the uh, electric chair from Sing Sing <laughs> that has. The power of dead people. The <laughs> power of dead people. Well, you know, one of the things that's interesting in this is you do get the nod. He's getting supplies in the earlier part of the movie. They shavings from the bullets that tried to kill Pope so-and-so. So, and I was, Well, one of the things that's kind of true I like about like the idea in this movie is magic exists. It's not so much an innate power. I mean, there's some characters who have innate powers, but otherwise it's a skill. But also I like the idea of, I always like the idea of relics as objects of power because of what happened Around them. Yeah. So the idea is there's an electric chair that's basically the seat, this place a bunch, 200 men sat and died on violently. Violent men died violently on. Right. That's a locus of power. Well, it seems to be more about our perceptions and beliefs right. of these objects rather than anything innate to them. Right. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, he basically gets electrocuted <laughs> in this electric chair. How many ways can Constantine die? <laughs> So he can have a vision of stuff he already knew, which is kind of well, odd. stuff we already knew, but stuff that we, he's kind of seeing the complete picture. Yeah, I guess he finds out where that guy's going. Right, he finds out where he's going, which really you don't really need very much. He could have just gone back to the hospital, but to be fair, she could go anywhere. Yeah. So you 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 know, it seems like she's there for a reason because her twin died there. Yeah. Well, she's probably there for a reason because it's a set that they already have. That too. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to argue with. <laughs> why, why have another set? It's a good set. But in the story. <laughs> but in the story. I, I assume that's because her twin died there and there's some kind of like. Well, and it's the idea of water. And it's also the idea of water. Sure. They keep talking about like, you know, which is sort of a nod to like baptism, but also the idea that like water has the transitional power. Yeah. Water's important. Yeah. Cats are important. <laughs> Cats are important. Water. And. Uh, that's all you need to know. So they're going to go and they know that she's going to be. They basically know what's happening and they got. She's protected. By a bunch of the, the half demons. They're like, well, how are we going to get there? That's, it's going to be really hard to get through that. And Chaz is there. Oh, Chaz. <laughs> Forgot about Chaz, didn't right, you? Right, <laughs> right. And he actually has a really good suggestion. He's like, well, you know, you know, people have used holy relics to bless literally even the rain against demons. And he says, you have one of those things. And, of course, Papa Midnight has everything. Right. So, and then he's just, can I go with you? You know, like, Chaz, can I go? And Papa Midnight's like, let him go with you. If you, if you make it, come back, kid. He's like, Chaz is, oh, you're moving up in the world here. You're finally yeah. a player. Graduating from the bench warmer. <laughs> Which, of course, means he's going to die because, <laughs> as we've already established, Constantine's friends die. <laughs> Clearly. And, uh, or did he, if our fan theory, which we'll share later. <laughs> I guess it's not really a theory because they show it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's not that he, was he a human who became... A guardian angel? Uh, or was he always a guardian angel? We shall see. <laughs> or shall we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there's kind of a, a Blade scene here. It really reminded me strongly of the, I can see the that. first part of Blade, where there's 
blood coming out of the sprinkler. Except this makes more sense to me because this oh, makes the a, blade a thing sense. always is stupid to me because I'm. Like, I always hate that vampires disintegrate. No, that they love blood so much that they just want to do weird things with it. Oh, yeah. You know, like I like hamburger. <laughs> I enjoy a good hamburger, but if someone's we're going to a party and we're going to start throwing hamburgers from the ceiling. <laughs> I was no, actually no, no. okay with that part because <laughs> the vampires in Blade, the the yeah. main crew, yeah, seemed like they were the fringe hipster douchebag <laughs> vampires. <laughs> yeah, so the same way well, that there's that, that bar, they go in that meeting with the other vampire lords, and they're all, "What are you idiots doing?" <laughs> so what you're saying is that like the bar that has the sprinkler heads full of blood, that's the hipster bar, right? The other one's just like the the more country club bars where the vampires like, "I'll take a pint of O negatives there." <laughs> Yes. Yes, sir. Very good. Very good. <laughs> They're discussing the stock market. <laughs> this could be a whole other podcast. We call it the places you don't see in the movies. <laughs> the uh, the James Bond villain or yeah, the employee lounge. <laughs> Odd job. Did you eat my yogurt? It's a mark for me. <laughs> All right. We got the hat. Leave it on. Fine. <laughs> For that. He's like, all right, fine. Take the damn yogurt. <laughs> so that's okay. So I do like this. Okay, that's my new theory. You're right. It's the hipster douchebag. It's their equivalent of our old hipster bar. Where you okay, get I get it. I get it. Okay, that makes sense to me. These kids and their vampire stuff, they're just dumb. <laughs> they're millennial vampires. Millennial vampires. And uh, they'll grow out of it. <laughs> and then. So, in this case, yeah, he goes and, and Chaz goes and basically uses the relic to bless the holy water, the yeah. sprinkler system. And it seemed that you are right makes a lot more sense than the blade one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it because it's like, you know, they're all there, they're all the half demons are there, and, he, and, and Constantine comes in, he's kind of like a cop. Okay, this is a violation of the balance. <laughs> you can leave. I like that he's, hey, I don't care if you leave, you know? <laughs> And then he and they're just kind of watching because they don't care. They're like, oh, we're not scared of you. I mean, there's a bunch of us. And then he he like stands on the chair and he lights the regular. And then the water comes down. And there's that actress. And we forgot to look her up, but she has one mind. Oh, yeah. Where she's holy water or something like that. And you get a close up of her face because she's I think she was in like other shows like Grey's Anatomy and stuff. But uh, and she's just ah holy water. And then <laughs> it's a pretty good shot, like pretty good scene where he's just blasting these demons, <laughs> blasting these fools. Yeah. As uh, Samson was famous for doing. <laughs> I'm you have to read. The, that you have to read in the ar- original Aramaic, <laughs> where he blessed those fools with the jawbone of an ass. <laughs> Was he doll wielding jawbones, <laughs> gangster style? Gangster style. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's got that huge, like, cool shotgun. He's blasting the demons. <laughs> Did Samson have a like a witty rejoinder after he killed him? Samson was really dense. I don't think he ever had a good witty rejoinder. I think Samson, the closest thing he did was just, Up yours! That's probably the closest he ever did. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Because you know in the story of Samson Delilah, like, she asked him like three times how his strength gets drained. And he lies to her like two times. And two times she tries to use that against him. So he still tells her. She's got to be really hot, I guess. I <laughs> think. Because the story three times, and finally he's like, fine, I'll tell you. I'm, what What is the deal with that? <laughs> so Samson was not that bright. I see. Where Constantine is pretty bright. Sure. He's a smart cookie. So he kills all the demons except one, and then Chaz saves the day. Oh, yeah. Right. Chaz is time to shine. That's right. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> oh, actually, when they're oh. walking through the hall, I wanted yeah. to mention this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Keanu walks up and he goes, hell speak. <laughs> 
house peek. That's a little. That's where it gets a little weird because you just have a bunch of demons sitting around just. It's like hell speak. It's like the common tongue. Orcs specialize in it, <laughs> which just sounds like a dumb language, by the way. Sounds like yeah. made up. Maybe it's maybe it's a new language. Again, maybe it's the douchebag thing. Maybe those douchebag demons that explain it. A whole lot of whispering. Right. The other demons. Some people are like, have to ask, "What did you say?" <laughs> hey guys, we did a whole new thing. It's called hell speak. <laughs> What is it? It's called Hell Speak, man. It's really awesome. What'd you do? <laughs> what? I don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> Whatever, Kids, Ralph. <laughs> go hang out with those douchey vampires that are dousing themselves in blood. So they go in there, and Angela is possessed by Mammon. Right. Uh, so they start, at foreshadowing again, they start trying to exercise Mammon from Angela. Constantine's having some trouble. Right, because it's, it's he's a big he's a this is a big gun of demons. This is not like a little one. <laughs> so Chaz comes to the rescue again. Right, steps in to help a little bit, and they're both you know teaming up to get after Memone. And it, and it looks like it works, but of course you know it's not because the movie's still going on. Right, <laughs> they're staring at her for a little too long. Right, and then Chaz Kramer gets killed. <laughs> uh, gets Looney Tunes style killed. They're <laughs> really ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> Slammed against the ceiling and the floor alternately. Yes. <laughs> and then he dies. It's not like in the books, is it, John? No, not always, kid. <laughs> it's a little bit like a war movie ending right moment. Yeah. Again, I mean, the PTSD theme in this is yeah. very strong. Yeah. Well, it is the idea that, like, in a weird way that he's been trying to protect this, this you know, Chaz... Because he knows what's what it's like. I mean, he, this, he loses. He said that like at one point in the movie, he says, "I've been I'm haunted by too many ghosts." As it is, so then he's, he's going to bring out the big guns. He's <laughs> he unfurls his sleeves. And he's got these tattoos. <laughs> now you don't know what it's going to do. Which again is not really important. And he's just like ah, oh, saying the prant chanting, and he's trying to put his arms together. <laughs> Whatever it's going to do is going to be awesome. <laughs> the world's going to blow up or something. <laughs> I had to blow it up to save it. <laughs> If I can't have it, nobody can. <laughs> that would have been a good ending. It would have been a weird ending. Hooray. <laughs> so he, he manages to get his arms together. Yeah. And some kind of blast happens. Yeah. And, Almost uh, happens. Yeah. Gabriel shows up. <laughs> and we know that she's in on this. Right. And she says that line, your arrogance is astounding. <laughs> and it's kind of, again, she's a real, to borrow from uh, the term that, she's a real Darla Dimple. <laughs> Because she's a manipulator. <laughs> this is all part of her plan. And she's kind of full of herself. Which is kind of cool. That the idea that the, the angels and demons are not that different in a lot of ways. They're still sort of... Well, which makes sense. I mean, they're, they're yeah. similar beings. Um, I mean, you go to extremes on either end of... Morality. The horseshoe effect. <laughs> right. Morality <laughs> or politics or whatever. That's right. That's right. Those, those things start to look the same. That's true. And so she's basically going to destroy the world. She's going to have the demon come. Because she's got this weird thing where she's jealous of humans. Because they... They have the ability to be redeemed. Yeah, there's something a little vindictive there. But that's the thing. But she's so, claiming that she wants to unleash demons on the world to give humans a chance to, to prove shine, themselves. Shine, right. And so you can tell it's kind of like, it's a little passive-aggressive thing, but it's also, well, I'm doing my job. But it's also kind of like, but I hope a lot, I hope a lot of you get screwed. Yeah, I kind of don't like you. <laughs> I don't. Which is, you know, that's classic. I mean, that's why you have, you know, the devil and all that kind of stuff in the yeah. fall. In the, like, hey, guys, I made these things called people. They're awesome. <laughs> they don't look that great. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a special place just for them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, if you guys aren't doing anything, just go clean up after <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like your pet project. God, you forgot my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it happened originally. <laughs> Lucifer, are you upset? No, I'm fine. <laughs> what happened? It's nothing. It's clearly not. Important. It's clearly, it's clearly not. Well, it's clearly not nothing. <laughs> well, you're all knowing. Why don't you just tell me? Oh, don't be like that, man. So Gabriel does this cool thing where she blows <laughs> that Constantine. Right, he has no chance against her. Gale Force wind. Right, he knows that. And he's I mean, clearly outclassed. <laughs> this is a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah. Which he, to his, his uh, credit, immediately realizes yes. that he doesn't have a lot of options. <laughs> So he, he cuts his own wrists the bad way. The way it's not going to work. But whatever, we'll overlook it. <laughs> makes it work. Yeah, he makes it work. To be fair, he's already kind of beat up. So it's not like... Sure. <laughs> you know, Gabriel's about to sacrifice Angela? Yes. Yeah. And unleash Mammon on the world. And so that's when it stops and, and Satan time appears. Time slows down. <laughs> and this is, this is, I think, a really, this is a really interesting dynamic because as a writer, it's real tempting to have your hero be the, the big problem solver. Now, in this case, he's the problem solver because he lets, basically, <laughs> the devil know. Right. But really, the devil's the one who ultimately comes in and solves the problem. Well, it's like you were saying. He, he relies on other people. Right. He's, he's a problem solver. He's not the... Very rarely is he just directly fighting stuff. That scene where he shoots him all yeah. on the bar. I mean, shoots him all. That's okay, but he doesn't do that a lot. A lot of it's just him knowing how to handle it. So he comes... Mm-hmm. What's his name? What was his name? Did you look him up? I did. Stormare. Peter Stormare. Stormare. Stormare? I don't know. Whatever. One of those. Either way. He's an actor you recognize. He's a character actor. He's in tons yes. of stuff. And he plays Greasy Satan. <laughs> right. I love I love this portrayal. I have a friend who likes this movie but hates it, like doesn't like Satan in, in this movie. And I'm trying to get it because he's, he's not the romantic version in this. Right. And he's so not he's... even really the scary version. He's more like the sleazy version. Satan's usually in a suit. Yes. Or a giant demon. <laughs> He's either played by an ugly actor or a really good-looking actor. <laughs> this guy looks like he would scam you a three-card monster. Right, right. And he's even, he's even doing it like a higher voice than he normally does. Kind of like, oh, oh. And he's got like a white suit on, but he still looks sweaty and clammy. And he's got green, oily black feet, which I think is a really interesting look. Instead of hooves, he's just got these really oily black feet. They're literally like oily. Not like oily like... Looking, they're, <laughs> they're covered in oil. Yes, <laughs> he just looks unsavory. Yeah, he looks unsavory. I, I really like that, and he's kind of making fun of Constance. Yeah, because <laughs> he's trying to light. He's a really savor in this moment. Yeah, that's right. Because he's, <laughs> he's trying to light a cigarette, and he's just, "Well, you can't. You cut your tendons, but I'll, I'll take that for you." And he's fake. He's faking him out lighting a cigarette. <laughs> he, he brings the lighter over, and he's moving it around yeah. so Constantine can't get And Constantine kind of gives him a dirty look, which is kind of cements that even Constantine's... <laughs> that's what he's always like in his life. He's just, I don't need to deal with this shit. <laughs> you know, he, they basically he says to, to the devil, did you check the other room? Have you had the son? How's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the family? <laughs> and there's this cool shot of the glass breaking because the devil's just going, oh, why should I try? Is this another one of your tricks? He's like, hey, you, you waited 20 years. You can wait another two minutes to go check in the room and he goes in there's that cool shot of the glass like shattering yeah and he's kind of walking bouncing off him yes satan the slow motion like (laughs) get ready also (laughs) with the spear of destiny (laughs) satan pulls the angel out of the way and lets time resume (laughs) and then time resumes and then gabriel 
it's and I like this because Gabriel's sort of upset, like almost playing up she's afraid, and yet she's also kind of you know she's an archangel, so right. Uh, I like the look on her face when she's coming down with yeah. the spear because it's really <laughs> kind of sadistic, right? Yeah, she's definitely got issues. She's kind of like you're not really that far from Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> And there's this cool, cool part where she's going to, I shall smite thee. <laughs> and she's going to punch. And then it pauses and doesn't hit his face. <laughs> Remember? Because yeah. it's like, boom. And it kinda even looks like a second, like he might think she might hit him. You know, he's like, oh, this might suck for us. And then he does that look. <laughs> oh, that look sense. on his face. <laughs> Everything he does in this movie. I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, looks like someone doesn't have your back anymore. <laughs> Blast her, like, <laughs> done. She's gone. So, <laughs> he stops the whole thing from happening. Because he's like, this is my world in time, not yours. And that's what's kind of interesting, too. I like that parallel, the idea that God had Jesus come out and hang out with us and try to give us the way. And devils, I have a son, but that little shit ain't going anywhere. <laughs> seems very appropriate. It seems very appropriate. <laughs> I also like that he didn't seem to know what was going on at all the idea until that, uh, Constantine killed right, himself again. Right, and I like this idea that like, there's almost the idea that also that maybe God doesn't know what's going on at this stage. Oh, sure. That, except he does when like this gets basically Lucifer kind of called him, you know, let him know. Is, <laughs> I am the God. Right. And Lucifer comes back and it's just, all right, what do you want for this favor? I'm not going to owe you anything you Constantine asked for. Isabel. 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 And then he's going to drag Constantine away. Yeah. To hell. <laughs> and again, really like judicious use of special effects. I love that he's dragging him by the arm. Like Constantine won't move forward and he starts ascending to heaven. Yeah, we get a brief glimpse of that. Which is the way that where the other one's like the world is yeah, it's like LA but with clouds and lights <laughs> and not sandblasted. And he's floating to heaven and he flips off the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, that's what cost James Franco his life and this is the end. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> competing that's, theology that's being a poor winner <laughs> the devil's well no I, I'm not going to lose you so he grabs him and this again it's this cool shot of he reaching into his chest yeah and he pulls out all the lung cancer pulls out all the lung cancer which is appropriately gross you'll live so that you can screw up again <laughs> I'll get you next time <laughs> at the end we'll talk about our spinoff of, of this movie that never happened oh Black yeah neighbors <laughs> Satan? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the end. Yeah. Pretty much. They wrap things up. They do a little fake love interest thing, which annoys me. But they don't quite do it. That's There's funny. a cheesy voiceover, which is a little weak. Because he doesn't really need there to summarize what the story is kind of summarized. Yeah. And he's not smoking anymore, which I know a lot of fans of the comic books would probably hate, but... And then there's a postscript at the end of the credits where we see Chaz's burial and right. Constantine's like you did. puts his lighter on his grave says, you did good, kid. And then you see Chaz is maybe an angel. My always theory was that he became like a, a half angel to protect people. But we have a, a secret theory <laughs> from the uns, unspeaking third member of the podcast who <laughs> says that maybe he was always one. And you know what? I don't really like fan theories very often, but that's a really solid fan theory. I really like that fan theory. There's some, yeah, that one yeah. has some potential. And it might just purely be, be because Chaz is uh, strangely competent in parts. Um, but when you mentioned that in the beginning of the movie yeah. that the, the guy who picked up the spear mm-hmm. like died during their car crash, yeah. it kind of made me think that he actually had, had died and been reborn. Yeah. Either one's Either one's a good possibility. It doesn't have to spell it out. So This, this movie doesn't spell a lot. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it still makes sense. Absolutely. All right, so 
Um, before I wrap this up, I have to mention that our other theory is that there could have been a sequel to this movie where Constantine decides to live a nice, quiet, normal life so he doesn't <laughs> damn himself. And the devil moves in next door and is constantly trying to tempt him. <laughs> Constantine's just like, I just like my garden and my pinochle. That's right. <laughs> he takes a pinochle. He takes a pinochle. And he hates it. <laughs> and he hates it. But he's just like, I got it. Just walk it out, Constantine. All you got to do is walk out the next 50 years. Hopefully a rock will fall Run out the clock. That's right. Maybe he starts getting like sloppy intentionally because it's technically suicide <laughs> if I stand on the top rung of that ladder. That's interesting. There's um, We skipped over it, but there's a part where um, Gabriel oh, yeah, 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 yeah. human <laughs> by uh, this blast from the devil. Um, so she's kind of trying to egg... Constantine and killing. Like, don't you want revenge? First of all, I'm, I'm not sure that would count, Gabriel. I think you would go to hell because that's wanting someone to kill you <laughs> by this rules are probably not. But also, right, but she might be far enough gone. Right. Like, well, she doesn't know. She's this is new to her. Really, she's starting to think like Constantine. Right. Which is which is ironic. This. <laughs> and and then you're right. The uh, the idea of then she's oh no, you made a good decision, Gabe uh, Constantine. I was like, don't you don't you darling dimple this. <laughs> Just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> that's pain it's used to oh yeah yeah that, that look on that good look on her face was, yeah that's a good yeah it's a good look because it's just like acting <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Tilda Swinson is a good actress bold controversial statements. controversial bold claim you heard it here first <laughs> did you I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Robot on Franco the robot thing or did you want to talk about oh, that yeah sure okay let's get that so <laughs> I know everybody was holding their breath to find out if whether this was the case or not. The robot and robot and Frank was a person in a suit. It was some dancer, but I couldn't find her profile picture. Okay. But small person of small stature. They actually know. had to switch out people in the middle of the filming because uh, apparently that suit's very hot. <laughs> oh, really? They had intended to have uh, the girl playing the robot speak at first. There was apparently just no way <laughs> that she could do it with that crap. Because you would just she was muffle that. and sound like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, she, it was just, or hyperventilating. It was so much work moving the robot around. Like, Frank. Do robots need water? Yes. That's funny so when I, you realize that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd hope the robot was a robot that oh, somebody that would have been so cool. <laughs> Hey, I'm on your side, man. God. I, I love your childlike wonder. I just couldn't believe it. But believe me, I wanted to believe it. Anyway. Um, so that's it for the podcast. Right. So uh, our next movie will be, be Starship uh, Troopers. Scott's pick. I like Starship Troopers. I don't love Starship Troopers, but... You know, Scott will probably might be able to win me over. This is we're getting into movies that I like because they're like metaphors for stuff. <laughs> it's a metaphor for communism. It's a I fun get movie, it. Though. I get it. <laughs> Everything's a metaphor for communism, except no, Animal Farm. <laughs> That's a metaphor for zombies. <laughs> All right. So until next time, he's Lee. I mean, he's Lee. I'm Lee. Somebody's Lee. Somebody's Lee. He's Lee. He's Scott. We saved the movies. <laughs> Bye.